0: you can save 15 percent or more at amazon when you pay with bitcoin or bitcoin cash just go to purse.bogosity.tv you can set your own discount five percent gets you fastest delivery or you can set it to 30 percent or more if you're not in a hurry purse makes it so easy to save money at amazon by buying with crypto just go to purse.bogosity.tv and start saving now Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of September 15th, 2019, the podcast that's a craze you'd endorse. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's catabolize the news of the bogus. According to the FUD, the government and its news pundits constantly bleat, cryptocurrency is terrible because it's completely anonymous and allows terrorists, child sex traffickers, and money launderers to act completely privately. We've heard this over and over again for years, as government tries to figure out ways to ban or regulate it, and criminalize the people who develop and use it. Well, this story shows that not only is it not true, governments have ALWAYS known that it's not true. London-based company Elliptic sells blockchain analysis tools for crypto exchanges such as Binance, as well as banks, and is used to investigate criminal activity and money laundering by analyzing the public blockchain of Bitcoin and other cryptos. Recently, they learned that Al Qassam, the military wing of Hamas, considered to be a terrorist organization by Israel, the EU, and the US, was using a donation website, which apparently was doing what bitcoin advocates say to do, generate a different wallet address for each donation. That's supposed to keep those transactions private. But according to Elliptic founder and CEO James Smith, eh not so much. Quote, Because we are always on top of what's about to happen, We can see when those funds start to move on exchanges. We were able to let our customers know that these funds were heading towards them, and they were able to stop them." Elliptic has also successfully tracked down people dealing in drugs and child pornography, as well as ransomware attacks like WannaCry. So keep this in mind the next time you hear some politician or pundit fear-mongering about cryptocurrency. Ads are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more, ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension, and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit, and so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to Airtime.Bogosity.tv and start making money now. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to Patreon.com tv and donate at any level That last comment applies to our next story as well, which involves the upbit exchange delisting a bunch of cryptocurrencies because of privacy concerns. The instigator of much of this is the FATF, the International Anti-Money Laundering Association. After a ridiculous, open-ended, and vague deadline passed earlier this year, they declared that virtual asset companies have had plenty of time to straighten out their act, thank you very much. So then, South Korea's Financial Services Commission gets a new commissioner, who immediately went to the legislature to demand new laws regarding cryptos. No one seems to be sure what came of that, but it apparently did involve some arm-twisting of exchanges, as Upbit released investment warnings about the following cryptocurrencies Monero, Dash, Zcash, Haven, Bittube, and PIVX. What do all of these coins have in common? In a word, privacy. Dash has a privacy option with PrivateSend, while the rest provide privacy in every transaction. A uh, bid also said that unless they're fully satisfied, whatever that means, by a week long elucidation process, they will terminate transaction listings for these coins. According to their statement, quote at the General Assembly held in october twenty eighteen, the International Anti Money Laundering Association, hereinafter FATF, agreed to apply the FATF International Standard for Virtual Asset Service Providers and agreed to publish the detailed guideline for implementation by June of twenty nineteen. At the second general meeting held in February 2019, FATF finalized the statement in the comment, except for the transfer of virtual assets, and issued it in a statement. The amendment to the FATF R15 states companies handling virtual assets must hold the standard equivalent to that of financial institutions and to register and report its legal business of operation. In respect of the FATF's agreement that crypto assets should not be used for money laundering or illegal purposes, Upbit has decided to designate privacy coins, which is difficulty to identify the sender and recipient as investment warning. Okay, several problems here. The first one being what I keep pointing out over and over and over again. Most money laundering and organized crime is committed with dollars, using cash transactions which also can't be tracked. The way that law enforcement catches these bad guys is with good, old-fashioned detective work. But somehow, when it comes to cryptocurrencies and other cryptographic tools, they just seem to want to ignore the fact that that even exists. The second problem is about Dash specifically, but it shows both ignorance and hypocrisy. Dash transactions aren't private by default only when using the network's private send option. But this is very similar to privacy options such as CoinJoin provided on Bitcoin and other non-privacy coins that Upbit and the FATF are apparently still okay with. Really, the only real difference is, on Bitcoin is provided by a third-party service, whereas on Dash, it's provided by the network's masternodes. And also what people need to understand is there are perfectly good reasons why coins need privacy transactions. One example is employees. If you're paying your employees with Dash, you'll want to use PrivateSend because you don't want their salary data to be made public. Remember that what the government is wanting is for these transactions to be visible not just to them, but to EVERYONE ON THE PLANET. And in the case of BitTube, when you build a social media site around a coin, it MUST be a privacy coin to avoid violating GDPR. So here's another way that governments are demanding completely contradictory behavior. Governments all over the world instantly want to regulate things they know absolutely nothing about, and they cause all sorts of harm in the process. This is just one more example. If you're on the Wi-Fi in the coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? Another technology that's getting a lot of attention is the ability to make accurate imitations of genuine audio and video, known as deep fakes. Artificial intelligence has been used for years to create things like fake news articles, emails, and other forms of text, and it's also been used to spot the fakes. Adobe has demonstrated using the recording of someone's voice to make them say something else. It's been used to create genuine-looking video. Although there might be good reasons to do all of this, such as movie effects think about the kinds of things portrayed in Forrest Gump, of course there's the dark side to it, and people are wondering when criminals are going to start using this to scam people. Well, wonder no more. It's already happened. Criminals used a voice-generating AI to impersonate the boss of a German company that owns a UK-based energy firm. They tricked the energy firm CEO into wiring funds to a supplier. He wasn't at all suspicious, since the voice had the same vocal patterns of his boss, including his German accent. The funds were then moved to Mexico. Authorities still haven't figured out who it is, despite the fact that they didn't use cryptocurrency. Security experts say that this is just the beginning. AI-based social engineering attacks will only become more convincing over time, and along with that will be the increased likelihood of criminals using them. But really, this kind of thing isn't new. We've come to adapt to the idea of Photoshopping, in other words, using digital tools to fake pictures. We don't just believe a picture anymore, we want it to be verified. But really, there were fake pictures before Photoshop. In fact, faked photos date back to the birth of photography. Voice fakes have been accomplished, too, with techniques like the one depicted in the movie Sneakers, made more convincing by the use of auto-tuning software to make it sound not like music, but like natural vocal inflections. And it's always been easy to fake emails. There's no security or authentication whatsoever in email. You can put any address you want in the From field, and fake an email from anyone you want. Although email providers have developed techniques of mitigating this, we've learned to be skeptical. And we will with this. We'll learn not to trust someone's voice. We can validate it some other way. It could be something as simple as asking for something only the real person would know, like in Terminator 2 where he deliberately calls the dog by the wrong name. Or some form of digital authentication could be required. So, in one sense, this is new technology that we need to be aware of, and we should raise our skepticism accordingly. But in another sense, it's just a high-tech version of what we've already known all along. People will do whatever they can to trick you. AND NOW IT'S TIME TO DE-ESCALATE THIS WEEK'S BIGGEST emitter. AND THIS WEEK IT GOES TO THE CITY OF SAN FRANCISCO, WHO JUST DECLARED THE NRA, GET THIS, A TERRORIST ORGANIZATION. THE CITY'S BOARD OF SUPERVISORS UNANIMOUSLY PASSED A REGULATION THIS PAST TUESDAY, OFFICIALLY LABELING THEM A DOMESTIC TERRORIST ORGANIZATION. WHAT IT WILL ACTUALLY DO, IF ANYTHING, IS UNCLEAR. BUT THEY URGED OTHER CITIES AND STATES TO DO THE SAME. District 2 Supervisor Catherine Stefani wrote in the declaration that the NRA, quote, "...spreads propaganda that misinforms and aims to deceive the public about the dangers of gun violence." Funny, the people I see doing that are all on the left! Or are you finally going to start telling people that the death toll in mass shootings goes down dramatically if an armed citizen is there to stop the shooter? Or any of the other statistics I pointed out in my video, How to Argue for Gun Control? Funny how, among the effective ways to construct an argument that I listed, one of them was not, declare people who disagree with you to be terrorists. Quote, All countries have violent and hateful people, but only in America do we give them ready access to assault weapons and large-capacity magazines, thanks in large part to the National Rifle Association's influence. EXCEPT, as we've covered, most criminals don't get guns legally. They get them through gangs, or the black market, or just steal them. She said she was inspired to write the declaration after three people were killed in a mass shooting at the Gilroy Garlic Festival. Funny how in other countries, in order to qualify as a mass shooting, the number of killed has to be four or even five other than the shooter. Consistent statistics. That's something else we kind of like to see from you. Quote, People are dying every day in this country, and doing nothing is not an option, and that is what the NRA continues to do. Ah, yes, the old WE CAN'T JUST DO NOTHING canard, also known as the Politician's Fallacy. It's also an example of legislating the effect. Add to that the obvious ad hominem, and how many fallacies do we have so far? Hey, why don't you guys stick to what you do best? movie effects and rice and leave the criminality to people who aren't deluded demagogues. The NRA told Newsweek, quote, This is just another worthless and disgusting soundbite remedy to the violence epidemic gripping our nation. The same kind of attack the NRA has confronted in New York. This is a reckless assault on a law-abiding organization, its members, and the freedoms they all stand for. We remain undeterred, guided by our values and belief in those who want to find real solutions to gun violence." The NRA has five million members. In How to Argue for the War on Terror, I pointed out that the RAND Corporation calculated that there were only 300,000 people worldwide who were in danger of becoming terrorists. So they're saying that a group an order of magnitude larger than that is a terrorist organization. Of course, they still seem to be okay with Antifa, so make of that what you will. So, all of that makes San Francisco this week's biggest bogon emitter. Do you have children? Or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling? Or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? And now, let's Opsonify this week's Idiot, Idiot extroverted. Extroverted. And this week it goes to California. San Fran got Biggest bogan Emitter, but this one is to the whole darn state, for trying to ease their housing crisis by passing statewide rent control. Of course, San Fran itself is the place in California where the crisis is worst, and they've had rent control for decades. Apparently politicians just can't see the trend. They've placed a cap on rents, and limited rent increases to 5% per year plus inflation. Of course, anyone who's cracked up in an economics book knows what that will do. Price caps that hold a price below equilibrium result in a high quantity of demand that the quantity supplied just can't match. In other words, price caps CAUSE SHORTAGES. The obvious solution of just letting people build more housing apparently eludes them. But it's the only thing that could possibly ever work. The way to get the real price down, and still have enough housing for everybody, is to allow the supply curve to shift to the right, which can only be done by removing barriers. According to Assemblyman David Chu, who's from, guess where, San Francisco, said, quote, The housing crisis is reaching every corner of America. Where you're seeing high home prices, high rents, evictions, and homelessness that we're all struggling to grapple with. Protecting tenants is a critical and obvious component of any strategy to address this. It's kind of funny how libertarians and Austrian economists have been saying for a decade that the way to get out of this crisis has been to stop government keeping home values up and let the prices fall so we can get market clearing. These same leftist politicians as well as those on the right, to be fair, are all against that. But there is no difference at all between home values and the price of housing. They're two ways of saying exactly the same thing. I mean, you can't keep home values up and get the price down. What are these people thinking? And by the way, if you recall, San Francisco is the same city that stopped someone from turning a laundromat into low-rent housing. Nationwide, there are an estimated 200,000 homeless people. Half of those are in California. And now they're just going to make the problem worse. To give one of these lefties some credit, State Senator Scott Weiner has offered a bill to override zoning laws to allow multiple housing units in areas currently restricted to single-family homes. But his fellow politicians shelved it in committee. It's just mind-blowing that anyone thinks this would work. And so that just has to make California this week's Idiot yeah, next Well, that wraps up this Good Fun with a Handgun edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come to discord.bogosity.tv, where you can join the discussion and post a question, statement, news article, or rant. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please go to donate.bogosity.tv where you can give using PayPal or crypto, or subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar to get the podcast and YouTube videos early and ad-free. You can even support this podcast for free with the airtime extension. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from L. Neil Smith. The attempt to substitute policy for character in the form of alcohol control, drug control, gun control, speed control, wealth control, all of them amounting to life control, is the root of all nanny state evils. It's amazing, and sometimes amusing, how indignant the nannies become when they discover, over and over and over again, that it just doesn't work. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial and Derivatives 4.0 International License. Acid You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.bogosity.tv, your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.bogosity.tv now.